Hi, and welcome to the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. I am your host, Kat Jepsen, a canine nutritionist with an innate obsession with dogs and the natural ways in which we are driven to live because of them. So let's get to it. Hi, and welcome to another episode of My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally. I am your host, Kat Jepsen, and today I am joined by Roisin from Birmingham, and we are going to have a lovely chat about owning her old English bulldog, Nina. Hi, Roisin. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. No, we're happy, happy for you to be here. So today, Roisin is going to be speaking to us about specific breed needs for Nina, her old English bulldog, getting creative and finding enjoyment with fresh foods. Okay, so first things first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and Nina? Uh, okay, so I wanted a dog for the longest time growing up and my dad was always like, not a chance, not having one. He never wanted to pick dog poo up. So as soon as I <laughs> left home, I literally was in my first place for three months and I was like, let's get a dog. So me and my partner were searching. Um, uh, I always like say like Nina found us because she was the last one left of the litter um, and we just saw a picture of her and we were like yeah no. that's that's our dog <laughs> um, but obviously obviously getting like an old English bulldog it wasn't a breed that we had like considered um, but we were fortunate that one of my partner's friends had two bulldogs already and through him he kind of like gave us a little bit of a rundown on what to expect a little bit about the breed um and yeah so early on we I was quite aware that like okay they're going to be a really loving loving dog but there is a chance of like problems just to be aware of them and look out for them and yeah I've not looked back since she walks through the door <laughs> oh how old is she now uh, she's two she was two on January 1st oh and she's such a little cutie i love bulldogs because they've got like they've just got those little chins aren't they you know like they just stick the bottom chin out don't they it doesn't come out very far but they're just like <laughs> and i absolutely love them but i've got boston terriers so i do love the squishies like squishies are just my thing and well i think yeah they are lovely they're just they're just so adorable i absolutely love them and it's such a shame that you know they are unhealthy dogs out there the, the squished face dogs which is a shame yeah. but they've got so much personality to make up for it bless them <laughs> they're just very human aren't they like their facial expressions and everything i always look at nina and i'm like you are actually a human <laughs> i know i know and my well boris especially my i've got my Boston Terriers are like chalk and cheese and Barney, he's like, he's really big and he's really muscular and he's really long and he's got quite a long snout for a Boston Terrier. Um, yeah. And he weighs 13 kilos, so he's quite big. But Yeah, that is quite then, big, isn't it, for a Boston Terrier? Yeah, he is, he's a beast. <laughs> um, um, and then Boris, he's like real skinny mini and he's like yeah. nine kilos when he's at a decent weight. And he's like got a super flat face. Like you can't believe how small his nose is. It's that flat. And um, he's just, he just looks so miserable all the time. You know, like he just looks like he's got a constant sulk on. And like the only time he genuinely yeah. looks happy is like when he's playing with a toy, like in the garden or, or he's like sniffing on a walk. Any other time, he just looks like he's pulling that, like, like a big 
mm, what you're looking at kind of face it's so funny <laughs> yeah it is funny isn't it <laughs> yeah um right so so what does your natural journey look like with Nina then and and how did it start for you so when she came to us she was on kibble um and initially we were like yeah kibble we hadn't really like even learned or like gone into that world of like what other options were out there and my nan and granddad had dogs growing up and they were always on kibble so it was kind of like okay this is just like the normal thing to do um, and then obviously I started Instagram, I started Nina's Instagram page and you just like get connected with other people, you see like a lot of different things and I was like, okay, like other people are feeding fresh, feeding raw, there's obviously like lots of options and then obviously you start going to pet shops and you see more stuff. So you sort of just see things like while you're like going on that journey of like your dog growing up, you're doing more things, you're meeting more dog people. And then I sort of got thinking, I was like, how boring would it be to be eating the same stuff every single day? Like, we don't do it as humans. So, like, why why do we, like, do that for dogs? Like, I was just a bit like, there's got to be something like else that she can have, a bit more variety. And then, obviously, through Instagram, like, I ended up just in this enrichment world. And I was seeing loads of people create so many stunning feeds, stunning, like, enrichments and, like, all the reading about all the benefits to that. So I was like, okay, I want to sort of, like, start exploring what I can do, like, with Nina's diet. Um, so it, it kind of started for me mostly, like, as an enrichment thing more than, like, adding nutritional value. But through creating... Yeah all these different enrichments and like figuring out what she could and couldn't have um reading about like what the benefits were to certain things like just out of like curiosity then i started to like become interested in it and then i decided to swap her from her kibble to um a fresh food it's just a slow cooked fresh food um and i then started adding like raw meaty bones into like her diet and stuff and it just sort of like went from there really so it was sort of like a snowball effect. So it started off as something yeah. super simple and then like by bit you were just kind of like <laughs> going for it yeah. all at once. Yeah. How long did it how long was that process then for you? Like from the time you started doing the enrichment bits that you'd seen um online and then to kind of like change into a fresh food diet. What kind of timeline did that hope happen over like a month or was it twelve months or yeah, so I think it was about like a six month sort of period because I was keen to swap over yeah. her food, but my partner was like, oh, it's just complicated. Like, she's a dog, like, let's keep it simple. <laughs> and like, at the time I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of see where he's coming from. And I, and I think that also helped me sort of like try to understand the benefits of it much more. Um, so yeah. I could sort of like build a case to him and say, look, these are the benefits. Let's do it. And obviously persuade him that like oh, it was yeah. worth it. <laughs> um, yeah. So we do it, have it, to. It, we do have to build a case, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. And like he, like he had dogs growing up as well. And they would just sort of have like kibble or like tinned wet food. And they would just then eat all like the scraps off like dinner plates and stuff. And he was like, and they were fine. They lived a great life. <laughs> and I'm like yeah but yeah. they're not like a precious little bulldog that I've waited all my life for 
Oh, I know. And to be fair, like this, there's two two points to that. My gran was exactly the same. Like my gran had a Jack Russell when I was a kid, and he used to have kibble, and she used to give him scraps every day what they had and i'm talking like greasy sausages and bacon and basically everything and she used to chop it all up into little pieces and mix it through with his biscuits and then give him it and he lived yeah. to 19 19 years old but Crazy, i mean jack russell's are like hardy breed way out there yeah and yeah. but like back then nobody used to vaccinate the dog every single year nobody used to give them flea and worm treatments every year nobody used to yeah. kind of like well there's just so many more chemicals and toxins and things in the environment now which wreak havoc on the dog's immune system that maybe they could have coped with kibble and greasy scraps because that was the only thing they had to kind of process and then get rid of but in today's age yeah 100%. it's like everywhere you look at it's just toxins and chemicals and you know and now with this stuff like that even in the dog food because i'm talking like in the in the 90s in the 80s and 90s and that although it makes me cringe to say it is like what 30 years ago so it's like no, it's happened <laughs> since then. i always think that 30 years ago was the 70s <laughs> i'm yeah. still kind of like it's stuck in that, in that oh gosh but yeah no well, that's really fascinating because I think enrichment, especially on Instagram, has been a massive thing in the past couple of years, hasn't it? I mean, we were heavily involved with that, um, with Profit Nature and Puppy Chops Pet Shop. And some of the like magnificent creations that you see from enrichment. And I think when you do try to kind of like paint pictures on licking mats and things like that, and you think, right, I need a green what can I use for a green so then you find a food substitute for it because you know you know you're not going to be able to use like a green icing pen like you would do for a birthday cake yeah so then course. you like start looking into like blended spinach or spirulina with yogurt and it kind of pushes you yeah, into 100%. that natural world so no but that's really good so do you make Nina's food then no, so we have it delivered because we both work and our lifestyle. Ah. Um, so it's just out of convenience. We have a fresh slow cooked food delivered to us um, and it's yeah. just easy for us to store it in the freezer. Um, we give her that and she is um, sensitive to chicken. So the food we um, feed, it's just beef, fish and lamb. They're the three proteins and it's just that with veg. Um, I would. I think that's something this year I want to do is start like doing recipes and stuff myself. But it's not something that I think I'd do all the time. It would just be something maybe she yeah. has like two, three meals like a month that like I've prepared for her. Um, again, mostly yeah. just out of curiosity and enjoyment and just adding like a bit of variety, maybe doing like venison or something, adding like a different meat for her um, just to keep it varied yeah no that's a really good idea i mean there it is i think definitely one of the most common things that i experience working in the canine nutrition industry is that pet parents do have this massive anxiety about preparing meals for their dogs at home and like i genuinely think cooking is a lot more complicated than raw feeding in a way because yeah there with when you when you do a raw diet you've got the bones and everything which is sort of like a multivitamin in themselves but then when you're cooking you've got to find something to replace 
the raw meaty bone because obviously you can't feed cooked bone and that's when it starts to get a little bit more complicated but I do think that it it isn't that complicated once you've got your head around it but when it is a new concept and you're talking about feeding your fur child it's definitely a big yeah. step to take but there are a lot of good freshly cooked diets that you can get delivered so there's nothing wrong with that at all and, and it is something that has to fit around your lifestyle so you do the right thing yeah, you do what's best for you don't you i think that um it is like the idea of fresh food and raw food like it can be quite daunting at the beginning but like i think once you get into like the flow of like how it can work around your lifestyle and i think just being realistic like you don't have to go into it like 110 percent all in one go you can literally like one raw meal a week or one fresh meal a week and just build up to a comfortable place that like works for you yeah no definitely like if you wanted to you could just carry on with your kibble for now until you're ready and you could have like a bag of chicken wings in the freezer if your dog can have chicken obviously um and then like when you're feeling like it you might think well i'm just going to get a chicken wing out today and just see how it goes just have a bit of a bash and then there you go you yeah. fed a chicken wing and then i think as well like it, it's the same with any habit when you start to do it and you do it that little bit more you find yourself making more time for it it's like when you yeah. when you start going to the gym or something like the first maybe what two weeks of going to the gym is like oh oh what is this you know but then when you've been going <laughs> yeah. two weeks you start to feel good and then you're like right i'm going i'm gonna yeah. go three days this week because you like get pumped for it don't you and it's the same with that like when you yeah, start getting confident like yeah i'm feeding chicken next now three times a week i think i might add a raw egg tomorrow you know just something like that and it can just be as big or as little as you want but no, yeah. definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, so um, what what were the kind of breed-specific needs that you stumbled upon when you were doing your research for Nina? Um, so allergies was like a big one. Um, in And it, I think it is bulldogs in general. Um, but we knew that she potentially would at like around one start to present different allergies to different things. Um, and we were just sort of like prepared for like the signs of that. Um, so she did, when she got to one, started to lose like hair and get little like flaky. It was almost like dandruff in a fur. Um, and at that time we were chemically giving her flea and worming products, um, which again, through just like researching and looking into like the natural side of like dog food, you end up going down that rabbit hole of like how you can naturally treat a lot of other things outside of like you know typically what you think like your food can do but there's lots of things you can obviously give them and chemicals and stuff obviously aren't typically great in some dogs um so she started to lose hair and it was like dry flaky dandruff kind of things and i was just like i'm gonna stop giving her the flea and worming stuff i just like on the day i was like she's not having it again and then we did like an elimination diet with her while she was on kibble um and then we added proteins back in one at a time and chicken like literally when she has chicken she gets all little hives all under her fur almost instantly um they settle oh, down wow. pretty quick they do settle down fairly quick but it is like instant like as soon as she, like she was having a tiny bit of it it was just all over her um so we obviously Oh, knew then like chicken is a no-go um and then 
I don't exactly know what cleared up the hair loss. I can't pinpoint it because obviously I was changing over her diet from kibble to fresh and I stopped giving her um, the flea and worming treatments. But within literally mm -hmm. like eight weeks, mm -hmm. all her hair had come back. And since then, literally, she's her fur is fine. Oh, well, that's really good news because I think sometimes like allergies is such a tricky thing as well. And like some, some, yeah elimination diets work really well like with you you could tell instantly that it was chicken that was a problem but yeah sometimes the symptoms can take ages to come and they they might even just be like a little nibble of the paw so unless you really know what to look for it can be really really difficult so although it is unfortunate that nina has obviously got those allergies then you know it's it's a great thing that you've managed to put like put a lid on it it's such a yeah 100 percent great and I think and I think like food was the easy one for us to kind of figure out. She does also have environmental allergies, which is a whole different like <laughs> it's a different ball game. Oh, and obviously yeah. <laughs> I, I, she's not that bad at all compared to like a lot of other bulldogs that I've seen. She it is really, really mild with her. But like when we walk her, um like her paws get quite red as soon as she and she she's never really licked them or like been one to fuss at them which makes me think she can like tolerate pain really well <laughs> um but yeah. they do go really red when we walk on like wet grass and stuff like that um but we just keep on top of it we soak her paws in like a yeast shampoo and an anti-back shampoo twice a week and then um it, that for us works really well and she did have a few problems when she was younger with like ear infections but again we're just using um like an eardrop thing to clear the wax rather than any sort of steroids or chemicals and just staying on top of like yeah. cleaning the ears and making sure there's no wax build up she literally has no ear infections now yeah well that's great i mean it's really good to see that you're so pro proactive with the care as well because sometimes I think because lives get so busy, it's easy to kind of just think, oh, well, you know, we'll see how it goes and maybe do try some kind of conventional treatments to, and then it, it appears like it's gone away. But management and, um, you know, like prevention really is cheaper than the cure, both in cost and in pain and suffering for your pet. So well done yeah. for that. That's amazing. It's really good to see. I mean, Barney has environmental allergies and it is just an absolute nightmare because we'll get to a point where we're doing really well with his diet and his gut's okay and he's you know he's he's doing really well and then something will happen outside and sometimes it's just so hard to pinpoint what it is or something there's too many variables outside isn't there to, to know for sure yeah. and it's just so frustrating when you have got a dog that suffers like that so you know i think it's it's it must be something to do with the squishies honestly <laughs> it is yeah it's a squishy yeah. thing isn't it <laughs> it's a squishy thing definitely a squishy thing oh wow um so how would you say that being on this natural journey with nina has changed your life um i think it makes you like look at your own diet a lot as well <laughs> <laughs> and I think like <laughs> like you so like 
my partner always used to say to me like you feed the dog better than you feed us and I'm like yeah I know I do but over time you end up making better decisions like in your own diet and like I now sort of like I take supplements that I would never have thought of taking before like I take like just a magnesium and like a, a green supplement and in like a smoothie every day um and that's something yeah. I, I I don't think I would have even considered had I not gone through that journey with Nina um and I think it just it also makes you shop differently um you like I now find myself looking for like organic food rather than you know just the general stuff and it's just being conscious about like what you're buying what you're putting in your body and how and basically how it affects you like you see the effects a lot more in a dog or with Nina we saw the effects like very quickly and it was very visible um but obviously those things also are happening to us like what we put into our bodies has an effect whether we see it now or 10 years down the line um obviously with dogs it it, it was a visual thing with Nina so I was like okay we need to sort our own diets out now <laughs> <laughs> no definitely 100% I think it kind of when you start researching as to why these things could be happening or you see something on social media and it kind of sparks that interest and you think I want to learn a little bit more about that and then you start like putting the pieces of the puzzle together you you end up sort of like thinking well if this is happening to my dog and this is having an effect on my dog what is it doing to me and it does it kind of pushes you into that you know right okay so if I'm doing this for them then surely I should be doing it for me too and I think with you saying about the supplements I mean what would have been your reason to research those supplements if it weren't for Nina like there probably yeah. wouldn't be one would there no, none <laughs> yeah. at all I would never have like even so, like I just wouldn't yeah. have because it's not it's not something I was interested in before Nina came along <laughs> Well, that's it. And I think sometimes as well, because we are so busy and distracted with life in general, like if we've got like a bit of a dodgy gut or, you know, if we're feeling a bit exhausted and tired, we don't kind of like want to know what's happening physically at a biological level to the body and what kind of foods can I eat to kind of counteract that and give me more energy. You just kind of think, oh, I'm just a bit tired. Or, oh, you know, it'll go away later. I'll be OK tomorrow. You just kind of brush it off. So yeah. it does it kind of sparks that that fire inside to say actually you know why can't i have some spirulina with some yogurt which well i mean it's, yeah, foul, it's true you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> we give our dog stuff to like prevent things happening so like when you then apply that to your own life it's like like it works just as well <laughs> like it's it brilliant does. it does <laughs> It is. And the thing that annoys me and like makes me annoyed at myself is that it is so obvious that that is what's going to happen. And until you do yeah. it, you don't know how how obvious it is. And then you look back and you think, oh, you know, I'm such an idiot. I should have been doing this years ago. Yeah, it's, it's true. like we've recently we've recently gone gluten free. And it's not because we are intolerant to gluten as such. It's just because of the effects that gluten has on the body and since we have been gluten-free we've been gluten-free for a few months now but we do still eat gluten as a treat like on a weekend yeah. we'll have like a loaf of homemade bread or something like that and yeah. it's you know it's well worth it it's worth we appreciate that loaf of bread 
but yeah. like the effects that it has on like just your mental clarity and your digestion and just everything like that when you've been doing it a few months you just feel so much more your body feels so much more like like it works better yeah. essentially and until you do it you won't know just how great it feels do you know what i mean yeah definitely and i think just like having a dog that like has dietary needs it's a like it might feel a bit like oh my god like i can't just feed my dog like normal standard kibble it's a blessing in disguise because you benefit from it so much personally as well yeah like it's more than just feeding york isn't it it's like yeah, it's learning about life and learning about health and things like that so it definitely definitely is i think it is i agree it's a blessing in disguise and the more kind of issues that you have to try and figure out and work around and 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 sort of like come out on top the more you learn because you have yeah. to put in more work to try and get there so yeah. it's definitely a win-win situation although sometimes it can feel a little bit you know you can feel a little bit kind of yeah. exhausted I think, like, with it at times yeah, in, I the, know. in the beginning it is very like daunting and you know like if you're a first time dog owner and you're like oh my god like what like i don't know anything but i think if you kind of like just go on a journey of like trying to learn something new about dog feeding and different and just be open to like learning stuff and then making like an informed decision that works best for you from that yeah no definitely you can't say fairer than that though either can you and you can take it or leave it you know you could be you could just take baby steps like you say yeah. and just see how you feel and then yeah. see where you end up could be like you feeding home cooked food yeah doing all crazy things on licky mats yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh great so what would you say have been the downfalls or struggles of your journey so far I think for me, it's like, remember, like, obviously it started for me as like a creative thing um, and I was making enrichments. Mm -hmm. And I think this sort of year, I've sort of like promised myself that like, I have to make sure that like everything I'm feeding Nina is like nutritionally good for her, not just doing things for the sake of it looking nice on Instagram. Because you can get very like i think very carried away well i can because i'm like a creative like by nature i design for my job so i think like i can get very caught up in like it has to look really really pretty but then is she having too many treats like too many biscuits or like and just being i think realistic with like the creativity and the nutritional value that she's getting um and just remembering that like the dog doesn't actually care how pretty it looks like that is that little bit of it is for me <laughs> like that's why I like and I'm, I'm very aware of that like Nina wouldn't care if it was all mashed up in a bowl she'd eat it um so I think it's just sort of like always remembering that because I've found it very easy to get carried away and making something and then being like there's probably way too much yogurt in that like that's gonna like it's noticing like that might upset her stomach so like and it's just sort of yeah having that sort of lens on things i think i've sort of said to myself like make sure you're asking yourself that question this year don't get carried away <laughs> no i think that's a really good point you know because i think there are even within the natural treat companies there are still some dodgy stuff flying about and you've got to be careful like you say you know if you're giving them um a big fat 
trachea, which is, you know, packed full of mints, then you have to count that trachea as part of their muscle meat intake for the day with a raw food diet. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of people probably just give a treat like that on top, but it's quite a substantial treat. Sometimes we do get carried away. Yeah with instagram mainly i think because it's always kind of like oh i want to make it you know look this that and the other but like the one yeah. thing that i've stopped using is like the pates um yeah because like it, it says that it's a hundred percent meat but when you try and make a pate yourself have you ever tried to make a pate out of meat no, it's like impossible <laughs> it's like to try and make a pate in that consistency i mean you can sort of like get something quite close but to be as firm you know like that i just can't yeah. quite figure out how it's done so, so now i kind of like i've stopped feeding the pates because i think well what have they actually done to this or what is in it you know how the process is to make it react in that kind of way and that's one of the things that i've kind of stopped using and i know pate is really good for like spreading into licky mats and you can cut little shapes out and make pretty pictures and and things like that but that following yeah. on from your point is one of the things that i've been aware of is it's been like yeah it's great to use for this kind of particular activity but is it actually bringing any benefits to my dogs which i'm not 100 percent, you know sure on that one but that is definitely yeah, a I great point like but i do think yeah Go on. it's it's an important question to like ask yourself as well like and i think obviously i've like dived quite deep into like trying to like do like calories and figure out like you know i've gone deep into it so i won't even like but that's because i'm interested in that so i think it's like working out like the calorie like or just having a rough idea of like what calories are in certain treats and like obviously because nina's a bulldog i don't want her to get too heavy I wanted to maintain the weight she's mm -hmm. at so it's like balancing like activity and then like looking at like on days where she's not as active feeding a little less but still making sure she's getting enough energy and it's just like there's so much of you are sort of interested like on a deeper level that you can dive into um and i really enjoy <laughs> finding all that stuff out <laughs> yeah definitely you can take it as far as you want and if it's anything well you do sound like you've fallen deep down the rabbit hole but that's that's good because so have i <laughs> i think you could just keep going and going and going there is no stopping yeah. really is there no. <laughs> um so what would you say is the best thing about your natural journey with nina um and based around like what you've learned um, I think like we've built a really good bond around food. Um, she knows that like I am the person that prepares and gives her her food. She's very aware of that. <laughs> and there's there's something like in me. I'm like, like she knows how much I love doing that. Like, I don't know what it is, but it, I, it's hard to explain. But she, yeah, we're very bonded. And I think like meal times is always like, I always try and make it special like she'll always be in the kitchen when I'm preparing her food and she's always just like watching me go back and forth from the fridge and like and because I, I bake some like biscuits and stuff <laughs> and stuff at home so like whenever I'm like baking biscuits for her like she's always involved and it's like it's become like an activity for us um which I've loved and then obviously just seeing all the like 
the benefits that like in the beginning when she was losing all her hair how rewarding it was to like combat that by taking like conventional medicine out yeah. of it and like naturally like doing that and then being able to like maintain that and i think it's just nice like to be rewarded in such a visual way like she looks healthy and like she's got her hair back um yeah and it does create like a bond and you know like cleaning her pores twice a week cleaning her ears it becomes a routine like the same like if, if you had a kid but you have like those things in your routine that like she now expects each week we do it each week we'll have a nice cuddle after and it's just like time for me and her that's not always just like going out for a walk or playing it's like other things which I think I've really enjoyed doing that for her and I think she enjoys it as well oh that's really beautiful i love that that's really great because that that's the first time i've ever heard anybody describe it in such a way and i know exactly what you mean like i bet she can just purely feel the positive vibes and excitement just oozing out of you while you're preparing the food and then every time you go to the fridge you'll be like oh what's she gonna get what's she gonna get yes. you know what am i gonna get today i can almost see her just sitting there in anticipation i can it's great and i do think you know because you probably being a creative person obviously creativity is so good for the soul and yeah. i imagine that when you create in these meals you get lost in that task and yeah. that obviously restores a lot of your attention and it gives your mind a break from chaos outside you know outside of work and things like that yeah. and it really is a good enrichment activity for yourself as well which is you know it's yeah. positive for nina and then it's positive for you because you get to express your creative flow while you're preparing yeah. the food for her but no that's really i really do love that because bonding is it's part of the part of your dog's life that they you know they just love you their owner don't they they're just that yeah, you are the do. best thing <laughs> about their life and everything they do revolves around you so yeah. the fact that you know you really work on that bond and, and incorporate that fresh food into it it's absolutely magnificent i love it well done for that thank you <laughs> it's great so what would you say to any other pet parents who may be struggling on their natural journey at the moment I think like keeping it simple to start with because there is so much information out there um and like anything you should obviously read and get informed get knowledge but you have to I think apply it to what's realistic for you personally and your lifestyle and like you don't have to do everything at once it really can be like over the course of a year you like build up different things you like add a supplement or you add something to boost their kibble or you start giving like raw meaty bones as a treat instead of like a biscuit or a veggie chew and just like small steps I think because it can feel daunting at the start when like you, like you almost feel like I don't know anything but that mm -hmm. that is fine and it is fine to just learn like one thing each week <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely I mean like if anyone's listened to any of the other podcast episodes you will know that I used to feed pepperamis to Boris and Betty when yeah. I first got them and like for me you know it always makes me sick as I'm saying it because I think oh you are but I was the same I had no clue at all I didn't have any clue I was feeding them pepperamis thinking what's wrong with that I had no idea and yeah. um I think even now sometimes having done all the research and you know the different educational aspects and things and 
being immersed into this rabbit hole of canine nutrition, you sometimes forget that there are still a lot of pet parents who actually don't know about feeding fresh food to dogs and still think that kibble is the way and that is it is the only way and that is how you should yeah. feed your dogs and it's kind of you know for me it's making sure that i recognize that there are still people out there who might not have a clue what i'm talking about you know and i'm saying just put broccoli on the kibble three times a week and they're like what we talking about why yeah. you know why are you doing that so I think one of the things for me this year is I'm going to focus on how to kind of kickstart people's journeys into fresh feeding because like you say if you don't know anything you really don't know anything you really yeah. don't and you think all right I'm going to start adding fresh foods to my dog's bowl but what do I put in you know you might think you might think it's safe for your dog or you might not know and that puts people off because obviously they don't want to cause any harm yeah, so cool. one of the things that i'm going to focus on is kind of like bringing out the materials so that people can have that information to hand that they can sort of pick away at if they want to or that yeah. they can dive straight into because i do think supporting people in that journey is definitely going to be a crucial a crucial kind of deciding moment if they stay in that journey yeah I think that's really like good um, I think that's really like it's good because it's hard like there is so much out there and I think when you find like a source that you can trust it really does help like decision making like you say there's so many foods that like is it toxic or is it not toxic for dogs and I think like the findings behind that your normal average person isn't going to sit and read all the like reports on like how much was fed in the report that was told that something was they're not gonna so making like that information digestible and like building trust with people like as like a trusted source i think like that's really helpful for people trying to transition into that fresh food and raw food world yeah no i agree and i think sometimes i mean I, there is a particular way that I feed my dogs and that is the way that I choose to feed and that's my food philosophy and I feed in the way that I do because that's what I want to do but everybody's entitled to their own opinion and everybody's entitled to have access to that information so that they can digest that information themselves and then make their own choice so yeah. I think because of a lot of the sources that I've seen are either like you know it's it's this way or it's that way and yeah. that you don't see a lot of, um, you know, you can actually do it this day if you want and then do it that day if you want. Or, you know, yeah. if if you want to feed leftovers to your dog, then that's fine as long as you're obviously not overfeeding. Some people are just so, no, don't do it. That I think that is why a lot of people are put off and they just continue on this journey with processed foods. And we just want to get dogs onto fresh food so you know yeah. if that's a few peas every now and then then that's okay so yeah, that's, that's it gonna, yeah that's going to be a big thing for me this year is to just kind of try and help people ease into it and let them know yeah. that you know we've got them no that's right and that's great i'm looking forward to it to be fair i'm trying to like work on a million different projects at once and yeah. because i'm just that kind of person like i get too many ideas like quicker than what i can actually bring them to life so yeah <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> chipping away in the background um but we'll get there we'll get there so do you have any plans for the future with your natural journey of fresh feeding journey 
Yeah, um, like I said earlier, I do want to start like cooking food at home for Nina. It's not something mm -hmm. I think I will do like completely. Um, I won't be home cooking every single meal. It's something I want to do maybe two, three times a month. Um, again, just to sort of build my knowledge on like foods, building like recipes that are full of everything she needs. Um, and then maybe later on in life, when I'm when I've saved loads of money and I can afford not to work, I might cook for her every <laughs> single day. <laughs> yeah, but fresh, until, fresh yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, but until then, like, um, I think obviously there's loads of fresh food, um, slow cook fresh food companies out there which do yeah. offer amazing meals um, and that for us works really well. Um, so I think, yeah, my aim is just to get cooking from scratch at home for her and just adding, like keeping the variety in her food. So like, introducing things like venison, which she doesn't have on her fresh food at the moment, but she has like the air dried little training treats and she loves them. So like every bit of me is like, she'd love to have like a venison meal. I can already yeah. see her eating it now. <laughs> yeah and i'm not i'm not kidding just wait until you have that slow cooker going and she knows it's for her i'm not joking you'll want to you'll want to cook all the time when you oh, see no, how that's much it. she'll love it because <laughs> <laughs> i do it's not very often that i give my boys cooked food but mm. every now and then i'll do them like a slow cooker pot just as a treat yeah. Just yeah. as a treat, and they absolutely love it like yeah. they do love their raw food but there's just something about all that cooked meat and all the juices that they just love it. They love it. So I'm telling you, when you've when you've got that slow cooker on, she's gonna be so she well, you'll see anyway when you yeah, do it, but she's she'll love it. She'll love it even yeah. more than now. <laughs> yeah. I I also would love to start like growing some stuff, like herbs and stuff. I think yeah. it's something that I've wanted to do for like forever, but I just need like I'm waiting for that light bulb moment to just be like, just do it. <laughs> Hopefully, it happens. Have you listened this year. to the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to it. Oh, Take yeah. some tips. Get it oh, done. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me. I still need to plant my garlic. I still need to plant my garlic. Um, but I've tried this thing with beetroot tops. Um, nice. where you um you basically just put like a little bit of the top of a beetroot in a shallow dish of water and put it in the windowsill and we have greens growing out of the top so I'm going to put a video on about that soon as well That's about how so to kind good, of yeah. recycle waste to get more food for your dogs so yeah I think we'll work no, that's great. That's great. So if anyone wants to follow along with yours and Nina's journey, where can they find you? Um, they can find us on Instagram and we are called at nina.oeb. Yeah. So please do, if you're interested in Nina's journey, and you will be because she is the cutest little thing, <laughs> um, head over to Instagram. I will put a link in the show notes as well, which will take you directly to a profile. So you can hit the follow button um, and that will be great. Thank you ever so much for joining us this evening. It's been wonderful chatting and I've loved hearing about your story. And my favourite thing has to be that you just love the bonding aspect of it because no one's ever picked up on that before. And I just think it's great because I think we overlook it, don't we? We, we dive into this world of canine nutrition because we just love our dogs so fiercely that we want them to live forever. And we forget that it's because of this love for them that we're here in the first place and not enough people talk about it. So thank you for bringing that to light. 
No, you're welcome. Thanks for having me and letting me share my story. And everyone should start a food journey with their dog because your bond will just strengthen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're advocating for fresh food and strong bonds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, Rasheen. Thank you. Okay, speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to another great episode of the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. Don't forget to check out the caption for any links discussed here today. And please, if you enjoyed the show, follow along and listen for free on your favourite podcast app. If you have any questions or would like to share your story, feel free to email me at mydogmademedoitnaturally at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Purpose of this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted as advice from a veterinarian or other professional. It does not form a client relationship with me, the host or any guest speakers and any information is not intended to and does not diagnose, treat, cure or prevent disease. And my guests express our own views, thoughts and opinions as individuals and the podcast neither endorses or opposes the views, products or services discussed here. If your pet is ill, always seek advice from your veterinarian. I am not a veterinarian and I do not treat disease or offer medical advice.